always is nicholas seagraves hey nick hey ryan and with us as sometimes is mike mccann hello everybody thanks nick and ryan for having me on the show yeah man you're there you're our most frequent guest contributor i love it you are our jason manzoukas Ooh, that's a reference to the gilmore guys podcast that my friend kevin porter does i love jason manzoukas yeah he's their most frequent guest contributor I mean, if I'm anything like him, then that's a huge compliment. You are. When I think of you, I think of Jason Manzoukas. All right. I can Aww. just, I can die. Um, so this is episode 29 of The Mean. Uh, we promised it to you last week. We're delivering this week, so stop complaining. Um, it's entitled Superheroes. And if anyone knows anything about superheroes, it is Mike McCann. And if anyone knows some things about superheroes, it is me. And if anyone knows an indeterminate amount of things about superheroes, it's Nicholas Seagraves. So we are here to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War has been released, is being seen by people all over America, indeed the world. And we wanted to take this occasion to talk a little bit about the phenomenon, the cultural phenomenon of, of, of what superheroes are, what su- superheroes mean, and uh, maybe what we should do about it. So, Mike, I'll let you take the lead. Um, give us a real reader's digest. Cause I, you could talk about this for 17 hours. Mm-hmm. So give us a real leader reader's digest of your own superhero background and experience. Superhero background experience. First, it's interesting that we're doing this for captain America civil war and not for Batman versus Superman. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's kind of sad. Zack Snyder. Um, but for me, let's see, I kind of, I, I always connected with, superheroes um and as you guys know i like to read comic books and engage in all those those things but um i know i did kind of think that they were silly and just kind of entertaining even watching um christopher nolan i wasn't reading comics back then i was just like oh this is really cool like wow this guy's really you know going to a place and really taking the source material and stretching it um, and then I started reading comic books and noticed that, like, well, he's actually, mm-hmm. you know, holding back a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I really noticed that, um, well, I discovered that these these stories are really dealing with aspects of what it means to be human, what it means to have responsibility. How do you balance conviction and how do you defend people who are defenseless? And um, it, it's surprisingly relatable and encouraging. Um, and it's still the... Th- the 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 stuff I read outside of what I have to read for school is typically superhero narratives, um, and I think it's because it it, it taps in. It's it's really honest, um, uh, and I think that honest quality that's found in uh, superheroes I'm attracted to. Word, Nick. What ha- what's your general uh, experience with superheroes? Um, I liked them selectively, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I was just like kind of on the fence, whatever, until the Nolan movies came out as well. And I was like, oh, there's like some amount of like thought in this. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I enjoyed the first X-Men movies in like a spectacle way, you know, like it's just interesting because there's so many of them. So there's always like something cool going on. Oh yeah. But we also had those awful, awful Superman movies during that time. And we had the 19 Hulk evolutions. Yeah. A lot of near misses there. Yeah. And so everything just seemed kind of like, okay, whatever. And then after Dark Knight and Avengers, everything kind of kicked into full throttle. And I, I guess I would say I was swept along with that. Um, and I also, like Mike, I don't, I don't actively read a ton of comics, but I started delving into like the lore, I guess, of different franchises. Mm. and um, 
different things and just realizing things that seem really stupid to me in the comic books are a lot more deep than I thought they were. So like the green, like green lantern, for example, Mm -hmm. which comes off as really like, okay, cool. You have a ring, but just the ideas behind it and stuff. So I guess I'm not as into it, but I definitely have gotten more. I've become aware of how, uh, sprawling it can be and mm-hmm. uh fleshed out yeah my i mean i have a, a deep affinity for superheroes and it goes back to when i was a, a really young kid my brother was was into comics we used to go to comic book stores we played magic the gathering and other games like that so we're always kind of hanging hanging around comic book stores and um some of the seminal moments for me i mean i'm a huge star wars fan but alongside that i remember um, crawling under our bunk beds that we had. I was on the bottom. My brother was on the top for a while when I was really little, when I was young. And I, on the bottom of the bunk bed, I drew up a, a really bad Batman in like black marker on that, that, you know, that sheet of like material that's on the bottom of, of, um, mattresses. Yeah. And like box springs, you know, I drew yeah, it on yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember it. that was there for years because I, you know, you don't change box springs that often. And I remember just falling in love with the uh, the Dark Knight Batman. Um, it was a prime time thing at first, and then it became the animated series. And uh, Saturday mornings at ten or eleven, depending on what TV market you were you were on, uh, you were in. Uh, Fox would have the the X Men. Yeah, yep. And those were like that was appointment viewing for me. Uh, that was like the show I watched on a Saturday morning was X Men. Is that the one with with Jubilee? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the yellow costumes, Wolverine. Yeah, had, the like, yes. a good yellow costume. A yellow pleather trench mm-hmm. coat. Thing yeah, I was back. I was Wolverine for Halloween probably three or four times. You know, the first wow. time I was probably eight. I was really really into Wolverine. Um, I got annoyed when people's moms would would refer to Wolverine as X Man. Um, which is not his name. You may call him Logan. You may yeah. call him Wolverine. You may not call him X Man. James um, Howlett, for anybody that knows that deep cut, that's his actual real name. But. Oh, good to know. And um, then I, I I started to get I like I had the comic book issue where Magneto rips the adamantium out of uh, Wolverine's skeleton. I mean that that was kind of when we were collecting and reading um, the comic books. So really into X-Men and then really, really excited. I wasn't really a Spider-Man guy until I saw the first Spider-Man movie, the origin story, which I really Mm -hmm. liked. I love origin stories. And I Mm like that. I was a little disappointed by the other ones. I I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield ones. Um, They're just the proliferation. The sheer number of superhero movies out now has made it difficult to keep up with. It's overwhelming. Um, And to be honest, I wasn't really, like, I didn't really know about the Avengers, to be honest. Like, I knew about the Fantastic Four a little bit. Like, I knew Captain America and I knew Iron Man. And I was, re- I really loved the first Iron Man. I was very impressed. Like I'm, I'm a big John Favreau fan. I think it's he does best. good work. Uh-huh. I think he does really good work. Um, and the second X Men was awesome. The first one, I was so just excited there was an X Men movie. But the second X Men was awesome. Uh, the Nightcrawler sequence in the White House at the beginning is just, it was stunning. I was, my breath was taken away by it because I had never seen anything like that portrayed something I liked that much that well. And at the same time you know, being pretty disappointed by certain aspects of the Star Wars, Star Wars episodes one, two, and three, you're kind of watching these and going, this is how, this is how it should be. This is how it should be done. And things have kind of gone, gotten watered down. But then I was really, really pleased with the, the, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. That was awesome. Especially the second one, obviously, and Heath Ledger just like killing it. But I was a big fan of the Michael Keaton Batman. That's um, great. And then uh, that kind of went downhill a little bit with the the Joel the Joel sh- yeah the God. the all the ice jokes made by Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze. Just, yeah, he was a dumpster. That, that was, and then yeah. the nipples on the George Clooney Batman guy. Like that was just a bit much. And I, I mean, I, I I loved Bat credit card. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> I loved um, I loved Jim Carrey, so I was fine with him as the Riddler. But it just got kind of weird. It was just kind of like 90s boy bands for a while. But yeah. we've kind of come into this, like, 
this golden age of superhero movies now where there's so many of them. I haven't seen Deadpool yet. I want to. I haven't seen Batman versus Superman. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> and I do want to see Civil War. Um, so there's so much going on and you have the DC stuff and the Marvel stuff. I was really happy with Guardians of the Galaxy because I was totally unfamiliar with that storyline. I, I, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, um, so there are some really cool things going on right now with superhero movies and obviously the comics continue and um, that culture continues and Comic Con has now become a completely different thing than what Comic Con originally was. Now like the the comic section of Comic Con is like a desert. <laughs> no, no one's there. You don't yeah. have to wait in any line to see any of like these amazing comic book artists anymore. Yeah. But that's kind of where we stand, I think. Um, and I'm glad they're out there. I'm glad they exist. Some of them are really great movies. Some of them, I mean, um, I'm almost done. I'm about halfway through Daredevil season two on Netflix. I like it. I haven't even gotten to watch Jessica Jones yet. I'm, I'm excited to that's watch that. That's the best one that's on uh, Netflix, in my opinion. Haven't seen The Flash. Hmm. Um, full disclosure, my wife works on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not great, but mm. it's good enough for me to watch it. So just as an adult, I know it's more geared towards kids. Like and I pay know. your rent. Yeah. yeah, well, and it's ABC, <laughs> and it's so it's gonna be. It's not gonna be. You know, it's not gonna be like uh, the Punisher comes in and just starts whacking people. You know, hey, shield. Um, and, it, and actually, it gets every season. It gets better towards the end because um, one of the little secrets that you should know about Shield is that they can't do certain things mm-hmm. because they're in the Marvel universe, and they're in particular in the Avengers Marvel wing of the marvel universe and so they can't write certain places like you like this is just common sense this is an insider knowledge think about it you can't write something and then have captain america come out and totally contradict everything that you've just done um the you know continuity is what it's called yes so they tend to get better as the season goes on and I think it's because they know what they're writing towards mm-hmm. continuity wise so they have like they don't just have the scooby doo around so oh, yeah. they can do Disney's on top of it. They know where they're going. Yeah, and the actors have gotten better, and I think the writing has gotten better. I just watched a legitimately good episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. last night, um, and I'm totally biased because my wife works on the music. But it's, um, I think it's getting, it's getting better. I like the fact that there's so many different flavors now. Like, you can do the Daredevil thing. You can do the Civil War thing. You can do the Gardens, Guardians of the Galaxy thing. You can do the Flash. You know, there's so many different. Like, if you're a big superhero, a Superman fan, you can go back to Small Smallville, right? So there's so many choices now. So like, if you're a, if you have a kid who's like 10 years old, you can have them watch Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a kid who's 16, you can watch, you know, Daredevil. I think you're making a good point, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but I think one of the reasons why. I think Marvel's succeeding so well is exactly what you're talking about. I mean, we're talking about superheroes in general, but if we're just going to analyze the big two, I mean, Marvel's succeeding because they're providing a spectrum of entertainment. Like Ant-Man. Ant-Man has nothing to do with, like, Civil War. Exactly, but it's like we're inside of of a universe that's familiar, and so inside of that familiarity, we're going to give you a bunch of different stories. But DC doesn't do that. It's just like, I mean, they have the CW shows, which is like almost, it's, I mean, they're not connected to anything. They're connected to themselves. And then they have movies that are just way too serious. Uh-huh. So serious. And talk, they, talk about that a little bit. Like, like that's a huge point. I realized this in my, in my mind, this, this consolidated for me when I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, they got it. Mm-hmm. Like, there needs to be a sense of... Well, I'm not going to spoil it. You tell me what there needs to be because you read more comic books. Why do certain superhero movies work and certain other ones don't? Well, I I think it's – I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with the source material. And I guess I'm a comic fundamentalist. But when you go – when it goes to how they're translated, that's when it becomes problematic. Because tonally, they're – I mean they're, they're, they're similar. So – there's an there's a representation at least in the comics of there's a response to each thing so there's daredevil's a response to batman and then you know guardians of the galaxy are kind of anti-heroes so now we're going to get a a, a suicide squad yeah um mm-hmm. and then, so I'm excited about the suicide squad because what dc does is it's it plays it i think there was a bit a lot of complaints because DC was the first people to pro- like first studio to produce film, and they're like, "This is we want it more serious." Mm-hmm. Like, 
Michael Keaton isn't serious enough. Mm-hmm. And so Christopher Nolan did it. And they're like, we want it darker. Mm-hmm. And then they just, what they recently made, I haven't seen it, but all, everything I've heard, it's just, it's just too heavy. It's mm-hmm. so heavy. And I think that's why it doesn't work. And I think that's even, I'd even argue that's why the Thor movies don't work mm-hmm. is because, mm-hmm. I mean, one, the writing isn't mm-hmm. too good, but they it's, are some of the weaker movies of the Avengers kind of wing, right? And they're think, not as strong as Iron Man or Captain Yeah. Man. And I think it's because if you look at them, they're similar to some, some of the Batman movies that flop is because they're, they're just, it's heavy handed. And I mm-hmm. think it's, I think it's too much for people. Um, mm-hmm. they, well, and Thor yeah. is kind of super many. When you think yeah. about it, both Thor and Superman are gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're genuinely good, you know, like, yeah. in, in general, they're good. But, people. like, the thing that's the best, like, the best moments with Thor, which I wish that they explored more, which I wish they did it more with Superman as well, is these these are, this is an alien. This is an, in every sense of the word, they're, they're an immigrant, right? So mm-hmm. how are they adjusting? So, like, the whole shawarma thing with Thor mm-hmm. was... Amazing. That's yeah, the yeah. best. Those yeah. are the best parts. Is like that yeah. Thor's out of place, and when Captain mm-hmm. America's out of place, that's yeah. when we're like, oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. is amazing. But and they like, could do more of that with Superman. Yeah, or be they like, could, oh, that's really weird. Yeah. Like, or they could even do it with Batman. They could chide him. Like, why are you just constant? Like, just relax. Mm-hmm. And they they yeah. do that in the comic books. They're they're always mm-hmm. like elbowing him to be like, can you just calm down? Yeah, and that's what Guardians does so well. Yeah. Like where the the raccoon yeah. is like. Oh, we're doing this thing now. Like yeah. the meta, you know, you need kind of the wink and like the comic, mm-hmm. comic, comic, the word comic. There should be a little comedy in these comic books. Well, and that's why yeah. Deadpool, I feel like, I don't know. They just, they, they knew that there was a valve that they just needed to let off some steam. And like, there's so much tension. I think even in the, the last Avengers movie was so, it was so straightforward. It's just so much. There's so much devastation where Deadpool's like, Let's just look at how. Let's just acknowledge that we're watching comic book movies, okay? Mm-hmm. And then let's we can laugh at it now. We can think it's funny, but it's also like a very serious movie that's dealing mm-hmm. with like not judging a book by its cover and what does it mean to care for, to love somebody, even if that love's really weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There. Well, what are your thoughts, Nick? I think that a serious superhero movie isn't bad. Like, I don't think it's like a stillbirth from, yeah. from the, from the get go. I just think it's so much harder because comedy allows you to do things that the audience is like laughing with you about. Mm-hmm. So like guardians could make all these jumps, all these leaps in terms of even narrative or character development, because it's, funny like we don't have the same standard we're, we're much more willing to be like oh ha ha it's a talking mm-hmm. raccoon done mm-hmm. um whereas like serious superhero movies are asking us to treat superheroes in their universe like we would treat you know some kate winston period piece yeah. drama you know so it's like our standards of realness become very um they're in the forefront. So I think the only movie I've seen that's done this well is the dark Knight, And, mm-hmm. and I know that's not like an unpopular opinion, but it, it somehow manages to be a very, very serious movie. And the comedic relief in that movie being, I guess the Joker is mm-hmm. still very serious in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not like a pure comedic mm-hmm. relief. But there's a pressure valve, right? There's yeah. a, he's yeah. the pressure valve. He got he brings something at least manic, if not funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, every tragedy has that, you know. Like, there's very few movies that I can think of that that aren't awful, <laughs> um, that are just straight up like awful tragic, serious, destruction, life-altering events without any type of pressure release, like you said. Man of steel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that aren't, that aren't yeah. just the worst things ever. Yeah. And the, the Snyder movies are the worst because yeah. in, the super, in the Superman movie, the, the funny moments are him making fun of, like, fat kids and people <laughs> who work in retail. Like, it's like, yeah. it's almost like, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just an asshole, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like kind it's of just mean humor. Different. Even like the comic relief isn't like us laughing together; it's us laughing at somebody. Like, ha, ha, yeah, ha, ha. yeah, exactly. But I also would think that if if superheroes, I think a lot of the criticisms of superhero genre things is that they can't be serious. So I think I think it's kind of I'm interested to see if if DC can pull off another serious movie mm-hmm. or if Marvel ever will in a lot of ways. Let, let's, it, let's talk yeah. about something related to that. How, how did yeah. you guys, and I know Mike probably has a, a deeper view of this than I do. How did you guys feel about the Watchmen? Cause the Watchmen is the, is the, mm. the exception to every rule. Mm-hmm. The so movie or the, I only saw the movie, so I, I didn't, okay. I didn't read the graphic novel. So I think okay. Mike should probably lead this discussion, but what, what it was, what did, what does the Watchmen represent to you, Mike, or, or how does it fit into this conversation about seriousness, you know, darkness versus humor? Um, I think, I mean, it's hard to, it's, it's Alan Moore who wrote the book originally and we, he, he's always com he's commentating on what it means to write comic books. He's always doing that in all of his work, Saga of the Swamp thing, uh, the killing joke in and Watchmen. He's talking, he's, he's, he's self-aware without being ironic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought that, I mean, in my opinion, I love the Watchmen movie, which some people don't like it because it's, it's very different from the, I mean, it's not very, very different. It's just, why don't people like it in your opinion? I think fundamentally what, how that, how the movie ends. And, uh, I, so if you can had we, cut it can off, we, at, can I spoil the movie? Well, if you had cut it off at ninety percent of the movie, do you think most of those people, like let's say, just mysterious, like you could just bring like zap, like Men in Black, zap the last ten percent of the movie from everyone's minds? Do you think everyone would have been like, oh yeah, that was good? I think so. In my, I mean, from my evaluation, I'd, I'd hope people would. Um, so it was mostly just the ending. And I think, but I also think people might not have got, they didn't get it. I think it was weird that they ch- that when we were kind of in a lull of making superhero movies that this is what we chose to make is the Watchmen, which is mm-hmm. kind of obscure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not indie, but it kind of is indie. Mm-hmm. It's published on vertigo, I think now, which is DC's indie company. On a related note, uh, they are developing a television version of American gods, which I'm pretty excited oh, about. Neil Gaiman's book. Yeah. So, it'll be good. It'll be and they were working on Sandman until what's his name. Didn't like it got all hurt about it the guy in 500 days of summer i forget his name jason gordon levitt's whatever jordan just gordon levitt whatever yeah yeah he didn't like it yeah he he didn't like where the script was going and so he was going to be mr sandman and then he cut out anyway watchmen um (laughs) i i i think it's i think it it was a good movie i think it i think it's it's got real plenty of release valves in it and it's weird. I like that it's weird, and the source material's weird. Um, it 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 shows comic book heroes like if they truly did exist, what that struggle would really be like, which mm-hmm. isn't which isn't a topic that was unexplored before. Mm-hmm. But I think how since he kind of created his own universe, he was really able to unpack it and build build something completely different. So what it means to like question your abilities. Yeah. What, how do you actually like with Rorschach, how do you actually balance conviction? Yeah. Well, for me, it's mm-hmm. almost like this exploded, like zoomed in universe version of Batman because it's taking this, you know, person who is a real person who has to live in the world, but has all these tensions, justice and mercy and all these things and has relationship problems and dark psychological things that they have to deal with. And you're just showing all these different ways that that can, like each character in the Watchmen is dealing with some different version of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I like that. I think, I think Batman is the most relatable superhero for me in a lot of ways. Great. Um, and I think they just like made like a lead, like he, uh, made like a legion of varieties on that theme, on that Batman theme of the dark human psychological tensions that you would have to feel if you were, if you indeed had these kinds of abilities. So, I think they, I think so that's what my, the favorite aspect is I always look at Batman and think like, wouldn't you just get so nihilistic and existential? 
but you'd still keep doing it, but you'd be totally insane. And I love the the, the mm-hmm. comedian, that character, the comedian. I, I, I that's like what I want Batman to be. Sometimes is this guy that's completely detached from reality and just doesn't care anymore, and he's just miserable and is drunk. Um, but that's just a little side yeah. thing. But I think I like. I think what the Watchman does well um, is something that I, it's like a little running theory of mine of like you find the artistic like heart of something and you showcase it. So like mm-hmm. with the Watchmen, it's like we are going to take the implications of superheroes and actually flesh it out. Mm-hmm. So like that angle of like, would they be regulated? Would they be part of the government? Would they be counter the government? Would mm-hmm. they be like, what would it be like to have superheroes during Vietnam where mm-hmm the populace doesn't like what the government is doing and the Mm -hmm. superheroes work for the government. Mm -hmm. Like how would they be viewed then? And like, what would it be like if a superhero really was basically God and like all these different things Mm -hmm. that they can. And I think that with Batman, the heart is, it is that intensely psychological, you know, thing of even his villains are always some type of like, psychologically demented people you know they're not Mm -hmm. lex luther of like i'm really wealthy and power hungry it's like i'm someone who was abused by a cat owner and i was Mm -hmm. near cats and so Mm -hmm. now they're all they're all in an asylum that's where they yeah Yeah. Yeah. so it's like they they find that like kernel that like edge the niche that they they occupy and they really really showcase it and i think superman's really is exactly what you said earlier mike where it's like you are completely alone here, period. Like, no even if Lois Lane kisses you 10 billion times and everyone loves you, you could literally crush her into dust in a mm-hmm. second if you wanted to. So, like... Like exploring how, an unequal power dynamic in he's marriage. He's never equal really interesting. with anyone. Marriage, mm-hmm. society, and then mm-hmm. also the angle of, like... And I really thought the end of the last Superman movie, not Batman vs. Superman was going to get into this, but it's like the reason all this stuff is happening is because you're here. Like if yeah. you mm-hmm. weren't on this planet, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be dealing with any of this. Yeah. And Batman kind of goes into that too, where it's like the reason why all these super villains are starting to run around is because you're running around. Yeah. Like you got rid of organized crime. And the only people who are left are really weird, like shades of mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that burden of, you are more intense and so evil is more intense. Yeah. And instead, I guess they were like, I really thought I was going to go that way. Cause there's that weird scene in that movie where the military's like talking to the weird Russian alien people mm-hmm. and he, they're like, give us Superman. And then I was like, this is where they're going to be like, sure. Like <laughs> you can have him like get out of yeah. here. But instead it's like, no, we love him because he, stopped a bus crash. I don't even know what he had done at that point to like warrant, like whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I just think sometimes people gloss over that level of deep thinking and they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, what do people like about Superman and Batman that they have capes? Okay. Mm -hmm. So like, let's make it all about capes or Mm -hmm. like, and I think the third Nolan movie does that because it's like, what do people like about this movie? They like that it's sleek and that there's cool technology. Mm-hmm. So that movie is all about like, look how mm-hmm. sleek and well, cool and then the, the, these gray is. cityscapes and yeah, you know, this urban warfare kind of a thing. Well, and like, and I, I haven't seen the new Batman vs Superman, but I know that the the central theme of the movie about how Batman and Superman are relatable is that they're disconnected from their parents at a young age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what they focus on. It's like we've that's not com- that's not that compelling because yeah. we've heard that story. The more compelling over angle is, over is over w- w- what we see in Civil War, which is what happens when you are a very powerful force and you are either in service of or opposed to government co-option um, and police activity. Right? That's a more interesting 
question. It's a more complex question. How militaristic do we want our police to be? How powerful do we want our police to be? How much do we want militias and states to have power to push back upon a central government? Like, these are deeper questions. And both Batman versus Superman and uh, Captain America Civil War had, uh, you know, let's say two to three years ago, the potential to really delve into these issues. Mm -hmm. And I hope that Civil War does. And I've heard that Batman versus Superman doesn't really. Well, and I... And I... From what I've heard about the movie, it's getting good reviews, and I'm sure a lot more will come out when this podcast comes out. But um, reading the source material, it's the the story is focused on um, what happens when two people who are really, really, really close to each other have ideological differences, and how do they reconcile those ideological differences and and remain friends that have a common goal together. And there's a, a lot of conflict. And so that's what this movie is going to try to examine, which is essentially what they could have done with Batman versus Superman, but they opted to go towards whose cape is bigger, essentially. Right. Yeah. And it's okay. like, we don't, we don't care about that. Very One of much. these guys has a really big cape. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I think it, it goes back to our reboot podcast too ryan Mm -hmm. where it's it's almost like you want to sit down with these producers or whoever and just be like do you are you really that out of touch to think that the reason people like these things is because of all these things that you're not doing Mm -hmm. you know it's like the gym and the holograms reboot it's like everything people like about this you're not doing at all yeah so of course it's a failure Mm -hmm. and it's like you know the Batman vs Superman getting all those negative reviews. It's like you're not, you're literally not pleasing anyone. You're just not. No one wants this. Like Marvel will always have a better spectacle because they have funny writers, and mm-hmm. like, and you, and you don't want to really provide any fan service to like the hardcore comic book people because you'll, you're afraid it will alienate mm-hmm. your larger audience. I think so that Suicide like, Suicide Squad might be promising for this mm-hmm. because it's such a dark stuff. humor thing uh yeah. margot robbie is like a star in the making and she plays harley quinn and i think that's going to be a big deal for her mm-hmm. um i feel like there's a lot of promise in this movie if they do it right but i don't even know who's directing it i'm not sure who's in charge of it but the guy that did looper i think oh ron johnson no, he didn't do it. My bad. Just kidding. No, that's not. But if it's Ryan Johnson, it's going to be good. No, he's doing Star Wars. Yeah. It'll come to me. I know who the guy okay. is. I was just listening. Well, as long as it's not Zack Snyder no, or um, Brian Singer. But like I even like before the pod, we were talking about this, but I was saying that um, what they could have done with Batman versus Superman, which they can't do with Captain America Civil War. They both knew that these movies were coming out. They hadn't finished the scripts yet. We know what the source material that they're using in Batman in uh, Civil War is. So why don't we not do what they're going to do? Why don't we go a different angle, which is the core conflict between Batman and Superman is one that's relevant now. It's like, what do you do with with aliens? Like, what do you do with mm-hmm. immigration? What, how do you how do you address that when you're when you both want to succeed at something that is actually good? But you've got you're conflicting because one person is a part of a society and one person isn't. How do you like reconcile that? And if they went that way, it could have they could have had, you know, they could have tapped into a larger market, a, appealed to people's intelligence and, mm-hmm. you know, criticized Trump at the same time, which yeah. would have been hilarious. Well, and there's also the whole angle of like if if uh, Captain America Civil War is going to be about two similar people who are caught up in ideological conflict. Batman vs. Superman is about two people who have to have completely different methodologies for what they want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a wealthy, self-taught, incredibly disciplined dude where everything is filled with effort and labor and built from the ground up. And then you have someone who's born with it. You know, like that conflict that's even like relatable on a personal level for me, you know, in terms of like what I want to do with my life. Like that would have been so interesting to see the kind of like bitter rivalry between 
Beethoven and Mozart, basically, is what I just described. Like, mm-hmm. someone who has to work every day at something and someone who's born a genius. And it's like, that alone is interesting enough for me. But instead, it always devolves into something. And I think it shows you that superheroes, by being so huge, by shooting ice out of their butts and lasers out of their fingers and yeah. whatever and whatever... Like, they allowed it. I My favorite moments in superhero movies are when they, by being so larger than life, they almost magnify personal issues and make yeah. them clearer. And I really like that. And I and sometimes I feel like people think that that will make it stupid, I guess. But I, I really enjoy it in a lot of ways. And, that, and that's what, I mean, I keep going back to this, but that's what the comic books do. You, mm-hmm. Nobody wants to read a com. I mean, they do exist, and some of them are good, but nobody wants to read a comic book where they're just blowing stuff up mm-hmm. for thirty pages. That mm-hmm. you, no one would buy that. It'd be you're just looking at pictures. So you want to like get into like who these people are, and exactly what you're saying, Nick, is what are the repercussions when you're greater, when you're larger than life, and what, mm-hmm. and then as as an author, how can you analyze the human experience when it's magnified to that that large, and and, and they do that, but. I don't understand why they can't transition that into the film. Yeah. You know, but, well, it's, yeah. No, and on saying. one side, it is that, you know, on, one, mm-hmm. on in the comics that I've read and on one side, it's like, wow, this is like almost like prophetic in terms of like human relations. Mm-hmm. And then some comics go the completely other end. And it's some of the most intellectual narrative I have ever read in my life. Like Sandman, like, convincing Shakespeare how to write the Tempest is, is literally the plot of an issue of one of the issues, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, this is not something that's light in any way. And so it's, it's interesting to me that they seem to be able to explore really heady things, really soulful things. And instead the movies tend to operate in this dichotomy of either like serious, 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 edgy so edgy oh my gosh or teehee fun rompy like we're blowing things up and i'm in a suit and, mm-hmm. and that's why i think I, yeah. that's why i think the best ones are a mix of all those different things like mm-hmm. iron man has some deep themes about capitalism government the relationship between the two of them what it means to be a rich playboy but actually be in love with someone who doesn't want to be in love with a rich playboy you know, like so the Guardians of the Galaxy has like identity issues and what it means to sacrifice yourself for your friends. And, you know, what is a community and what does that look like and how does it form? And, you know, there's all these amazing things to be mined with these stories because they're really great stories. I just think it comes down to something relatively simple. If you focus on the story and the characters and their relationships, everything else is going to fall into place. Yep. And if you focus on the explosions and the capes and the uh, ad buys and the costume design, that other stuff doesn't just happen naturally. It just doesn't. Um, You have to be willing to focus on the human aspects, on the larger than human aspects, on the relational aspects and on the, just the, the dialogue is something really technical, but the dialogue has to be human. So human dialogue has things like pauses and awkwardness and happiness and sadness and arguments, anger, jokes, irony. If you don't have those things, it's not going to come across as human. It's going to come up with a, a, across like a bunch of computerized robot alien machines just punching each other until we figure out who can punch hardest. And, and it's, mm-hmm. that's the thing, exactly what you're saying is, I mean, these superhero narratives... Are, are actually they are all dialogue driven there is it, there's it's very rare that a comic book actually has um removed narration of the of what you're reading you're reading somebody's thoughts or you're reading a conversation but there's there that's completely lacking in these stories i mean i feel like marvel's really attending to this but dc consistently gets hung up on like well let's see all the different bat things batman has Mm-hmm. And or let, let's see, let's see all the the cool shit Superman can pick up. Yeah, I know he's strong. Mm-hmm. I've got you know he, he can pick up a tanker and a semi 
tractor and an oil rig on fire. Yeah, on fire, and he's <laughs> on fire, but he's not burning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want to know if Superman can have one real friend. Yeah, on the planet, knowing that those people are completely at his mercy. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's that that I, I heard about the story and about the new Batman versus Superman, which is driving me nuts, is they did the origin story of Batman again. Yeah. Like I know I agree with you. I like origin stories, but like I think if I'd ask anybody on the street, hey, what's the what what's Batman's origin story? What mm-hmm. happened to him? Mm-hmm. His mom was shot in an alley. Okay, cool. Do, do we need to see that s- scene again of her screaming? Yeah. Getting yeah. the pearls ripped off. They all neck. they all need it for some reason. You got it. I'm actually I'm gonna maybe say something that might end up getting me in trouble in the future. Cool. I'm gonna take out a very strong position. Um, my favorite podcaster and writer Bill Simmons calls it having a corner. Mm. Uh, having mm-hmm. a corner is a drug uh, gang reference of like this is my corner. You don't come on my corner. And when you, when when you defend your corner by violence if necessary. That's your corner. That's where you sell drugs. Well, having a corner culturally means kind of like making a call, being like, "This is my corner. I'm on. I'm on. This is. I'm a. You know, if someone in 2006 was like, "I'm a Barack Obama guy. I think that guy's going to be president." That's that's mm-hmm. having a corner. I'm going to take a pretty strong stance right now. I think Ben Affleck's going to do an awesome job on the Batman movie. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be thoughtful. I think Ben Affleck is such a sad dude right now. I think it's going to be about this fallen hero who's all scarred up, who has all these body problems going on. He's retired, semi-retired. He's got all this baggage. He's miserable. I think that that's going to be the next really good, dark superhero movie. I 100% agree. So I'm not, no question about it. Because it's gonna, he's he one. He's read comics, and exactly what you're saying, he's miserable. Mm-hmm. He has the psyche for it, right? And now. yeah, especially after this movie, the what is the meme that's going around about the sad fleck? Yeah, when they ask him, like, oh gosh, that's so good. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna produce some good art. Old, I think I think he's in that space right now, mm-hmm. of like he feels like Bruce Wayne, he feels like a guy who, because of his wealth and because of his power and because of his carousing ways has sacrificed ever truly being happy with a family having kids that you know he's close to and respects and having a wife that loves him and he feels like he always has to go out and do the next thing prove himself again i i just really um <laughs> i'm i'm really excited to see what he does with it and i'm just honestly i'm i'm excited to see a non-zack snyder uh dc as is Everyone else. Yeah, everyone. Everyone. Including Walter. Is yeah. excited about this uh, this prospect. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, is Guardians 2 going to come out in It's like a while from now. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. Um, I'm excited for, and I don't know if this is even on the plate or maybe in the comic books it has been done, and Mike, you can inform me, but I would really love if they ever did a Batman origin story again. For it to have something to do with the fact that, like, no one respects wealthy people anymore. Like, most of, like, the cultural zeitgeist of the last eight years, especially post-recession, mm-hmm. has been kind of, like, not maybe not disrespect, but kind of, like, an eye of suspicion. Yeah, they're the enemy. We don't respect yeah. things that are big and powerful and wealthy and established. Yeah. yeah. I've so never I, even I would... heard of that before. That'd be great because what they con- what they consistently do is, I mean, the reason why Bruce Wayne works is because he Bruce Wayne's a distraction because he's wealthy, so it distracts from Batman. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be a really good storyline. But I would love to see it be some type of discussion of like, well, the only way he can do this is because he is wealthy, but also that makes him not really relatable in some ways. You know, it's like. It's almost like the whole white savior concept sometimes where it's yeah. like you are saving these people in need, but also like they're in such an awful position because of the system you have greatly benefited. Don't from. worry, Nick. Yeah. There are four more Avatar movies coming out. Oh, I'm plenty of I'm, that. Yeah, a very thoughtful, nuanced look on capitalism, especially mm-hmm. in pertaining to unobtainium mm-hmm. and other such substances. Mm-hmm. 
I guess the closest thing would be uh, Batman Incorporated as a, a storyline. I don't think mm-hmm. they there. It's current. It, the the line's currently getting published, but it deals with how Batman has this like network of families across like of heroes across the entire world that he finances and mm-hmm. he and so they kind of get into that mm-hmm. but it, that's it's, interesting it's not explicitly dealing with his wealth and how it's positive but it does address that like he couldn't do this if he wasn't a billionaire he couldn't finance you know this superhero in africa or nightwing mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. in a different city yeah, I think yeah. Uh, there's room for a really good Dick Grayson origin story. God, Robin, he's so good. You just, know night, just even if they just want to like fuck it, let's just do Nightwing. Yeah, right now he's retired as Robin. We all know who yeah. Robin is. Mm-hmm. Now he's mm-hmm. Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Nightwing's awesome character because he's jaded because mm-hmm. he's hurt by Bruce, mm-hmm. like deeply hurt, mm-hmm. and, but he still needs to have an allegiance to this man who's just treating him like treat him like garbage. Mm-hmm. Exploring those daddy issues, I love. Oh yeah. Just getting deep. All the issues. Um, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, why do we watch these things? Like, besides the fact that they're out there, and what what can we say about them in terms of take home? What can we say in, uh, about these superhero, you know, about superhero, superhero culture, superhero movies? What can we say about about these things that someone hasn't already said um, to our audience about, like? what should these do to us or what should we do with them? Um, I guess I'll go. Uh, I think superhero movies are great because they educate and delight when they're at their best, which I love that combination. You know, like they are movies that can deal with issues like immigration, like government structure, like personal responsibility and still be fascinating like i mean Mm -hmm. i think you're doing it wrong if you go see a movie a superhero movie and you try to allegorize everything and just turn it into like a giant political philosophical statement i also think you're doing it wrong if you go there and you don't see any of the intellectual depth i think really at their best it's fun to watch people be the crap out of something you know Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see Quicksilver run through a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> cool to see Mystique flick someone off and slide underneath a door or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, there, you to deny the coolness, mm-hmm. I think, is dishonest. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're also, like we just said, this whole podcast, they bring up so many different issues. And I think that's why we go see them. They, they're, they aren't vacuous. They aren't Transformer movies. Yeah. But they still are cool. So it's almost like we get to have both. We get to like have our cake and eat it too. When they're good, obviously. When they're bad, they don't really do either of those things normally. Um, but I think that's why we see them. It's like we get to deal with issues and not have to... We get to go through a garden path to them. You know, we get mm-hmm. to have an analogy mm-hmm. instead of, you know, watching Schindler's List. You know, yeah. it's just like right on the on the face. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's why we see them. For me, I I think um, one of the things I take away from superheroes, superhero movies, superhero stories, comic books, is that there are many, many, many ways to be great or to be good or to be mm-hmm. who you are. Um, for some people, that's making a lot of money and then trying to help people with that money. For some people, it's this these innate talents that are just undeniable. For some people, it's building something. For some people, it's, you know, relational fidelity, building networks of people, building alliances. For You know, it almost shows us, like, what it means to be human through vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. People are called to different things. Like, especially stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, they're so marginal, but they're called to do these really important things. Like, that a pickpocket or a break-in artist can be so important. Or that... Uh, you know, a pilot can be so important or that, you know, these people who do so many, it's not just warriors that can make a difference in the universe. Scientists can make a difference in the universe. Computer programmers can make a difference in the universe. Like that's a cool thing for me because I think it gives people hope that you don't have to be, you know, a cop, a soldier, a firefighter, you to be a hero. 
you can actually like be a great good version of yourself and called to do. You can be Professor X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You can start a school, and that's mm-hmm. an amazing thing to do. And so that gives me hope that there are there that there are so many ways to be a good human or a great human. They don't all all, all have to look the same. Um, and that's something that I think the proliferation of superhero movies actually shows us and, and TV shows shows us that for daredevil, it's just as important to try to like clean up his neighborhood yeah. as it is for Superman to defeat, you know, intergalactic villains to save the entire planet. Like the thing I hate about super movies is, is when it's just like, how can we make this bigger? How can we make yeah. this bigger? How it's like, um, Back in the day when there would be an entire episode of Dragon Ball Z where people were just grunting at each other for 30 minutes, like, trying to get it, their hair to turn a different color. Like, mm-hmm. is that really interesting? Like, just who's got the bigger, you know, shorts, you know? <laughs> like, who, you know, who can make the bigger beam come out of his, you know, body part? It's like, that doesn't mean anything. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. That's why I was, um, in retrospect, so so disappointed in the end of man of steel because it's like who can destroy this city and now care about this one family it's like no i don't care about that family anymore i they just destroyed a whole city like scale i think scale Mm -hmm. is something that we get in the diversity of the movies that have been made from a ant-man scale to a spider-man scale to a batman scale to a superman all these different scales to a galactic scale to a thor is literally a god scale i i think that's cool I mean, it's difficult to weigh in now. You guys cover, kind of covered all Sorry aspects. about that. Sorry about that. Um, but I do think it's like essentially a sum, kind of summarizing what you guys both said. But I think these these movies show that people, like all people, are worth something. And that there's significance for people to take care of each other and to see value in yourself. And I think that that's not that, – that isn't something that we – confront very often i think we kind of really get locked into where we're going by our like individualistically and trying to attain what we want to attain by ourselves um i I mean i think you really put it well but all those all these movies are always located inside of some sort of community Mm -hmm. no matter what it is Mm -hmm. um and that their motivation to do this is because something is afflicting their community Mm -hmm. or they're getting, or they're so they're becoming sober to the realities that are around them because they've been ignoring them for Mm -hmm. so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, I think that that is why these movies are really profound. And I think that's why, um, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons, big reasons why it has such a strong fandom. And I think with that is when they, when it just is a transformers movie, people get really upset because Mm -hmm. it's, they expect better things of these characters and they know these characters are better than how they're represented. We don't want to just see them standing in the middle of New York City altogether with it falling down around them, which is great to see, which is really cool to see all the Avengers together. But we need to try to figure out like what's going on and why is it important that they're working together for this helpless city. I think one other thing that um, these kinds of things can do, like Nick, you were talking about one of the Sandman um, issues is these things can point us to the truly great transcendent art that humans have made. Like if you really like the tragedy of Batman, the dark Knight, then maybe you should read the tragedy of Julius Caesar. You know, like Mm -hmm. there are these things that point us to the, the great works of all time. Um, comic books and superheroes and superhero movies have been doing this for a long time. There are echoes of the great, you know, heroic um, sagas and the great tragedies and great comedies. And I think that they can be a gateway like Harry Potter is for a lot of people to that kind of deep classic literary vault that we have as a, as a species. I think, I think another thing too, and this is a little bit, this is more talking about comics than it is about superheroes in general. Um, But I would encourage people to read comics because it's one of the few, I feel, pieces of art that's consistently produced on a weekly basis new stuff's coming out and it's relevant yeah and it's not it's not dumb like it's dealing with like Tanahasi Coates is writing the Black Panther right now hmm. like that's that says something he's dealing with like really deep racial issues that are happening in our country 
but he's writing about it every month and you can go read mm-hmm. him and be exposed to what he thinks about what's going on in our country. Mm-hmm. And it's not dumbed down. It's not watered down mm-hmm. and it's, it's easily consumable. So on the other side of what Ryan's saying, I think it, it is a really good job at encouraging people to go into reading other things, classics, but it also, I would recommend it because it's an, it's an easily consumable thing and it's, it's simple to access and it's, and it's, and it's stimulating. It's going to make you be introspective. It, it, the art is naturally introspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe we could end with each of us saying a superhero movie that we're looking forward to in the uh-huh. next couple of years. Because I'd love to know from both of you. Oh, man. That's really hard. Have to cut it doesn't have out. to be the best one that you think is going to be good, but just, you know, just like one that you are maybe for personal reasons, whatnot, that you're really looking forward to. I'm excited to see what the soundtrack is for the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Because the first soundtrack was oh, so yeah. good. Both the score the first soundtrack was great. So I'd really like to see, I'm excited for the movie, but I'm also excited to see how they build on that, you know, kind of just the cool, uh, eclectic rock and roll soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Late 70s, early 80s stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine's Doctor Strange. No, that was mine. <laughs> we can share. He's my favorite superhero. Uh, how about you go? You tell. I've got a backup one. Oh, you, you talk oh, about why. You I go. don't want to take it from you, but he is my favorite superhero. He has been since I think I found out about him in like middle school or something. Just something like he's the reason that I know things about like Tibetan mysticism and yeah. stuff. Cause I like, I just remember like being in and being like, Oh, what's he talking about? And like Kabbalistic, like Sephirot diagrams and just like this weird understanding of mysticism. So like, just like a bridge to understand other things, kind of like what you were talking about, Ryan. And I don't know. I mean, it just looks really, I, I can't imagine it being a movie. So I'm really hopeful that they, did something cool, you know, and it's obviously an origin story. So those are easier than, you know, like deeper things than just like, this is how we got here. Bye. Yeah. And his origin story is really cool. And I, I think yeah. like the, I'm really excited to see how, like, this is going to mark the entrance of the occult into Marvel universe. Yeah. With a huge really force within cool. it actually. It, it is. And it'll be really cool. Cause Doctor Strange is a powerful character. But for me, I was, it's kind of weird now to say, because it just got, they just announced that it got postponed. But I was really excited for the Inhumans to come out. It's, I really like Black Bolt. He's the king of the Inhumans, but they're this, uh, it's hard to describe what they are. They're kind of like mutants, but they were like this race of people experimented on. And so they like unlocked all these powers. I was just really excited to see how they put Black Bolt onto the big screen because he's easily the most powerful superhero in the, in, out of all of them, out of all, mm-hmm. you know, all the universes, because like he can't, if he talks, he'll, he can destroy reality. His voice is that powerful. Like even if he whispers, so he's constantly quiet, which is really interesting as a character. And as a King, he can't talk, but he's, ex- mm. he's, he's extremely wise. Mm. Um, so he was going to be in that movie, but they just pushed it back and they didn't set a date. But interesting phase like seven hmm. of Marvel. Well, if people want to get my money, they can always make origin stories. <laughs> I'll do an, I'll do a storm origin series. I'll do a, like, I'll do a gambit. I'll do gambit. I know, I know it's, a I feel like gambit has been so underrepresented in film. Well, they're making a like, gambit movie. And it's, I know. Flip out. Remember he was in Wolverine origins for like, exactly. That's what I mean. Like I hate that. Like, I don't care about Wolverine it, anymore. Show me the, is it Channing Tatum? Who, who's yeah. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm good to go. It'll be interesting with him with a New Orleans Creole accent. accent. Yeah. yeah, we'll see if he can pull that off. I, that's what I'm nervous about. He's got a little dirty south. There's over. there's a storm coming, Mister Wayne. That's all I remember <laughs> from. <laughs> just for some reason, I think I just learned to hate Anne Hathaway, and I'm a lot sorry. of people have learned to hate her. Actually, there's a big movement. <laughs> I don't like her. Either. <laughs> if you remove her eyebrows, it just, it's over. She looks like I think it's because I just recently watched Interstellar and I was just appalled that someone let her speak that long yeah. into a camera. It's all her fault. It really is. 
Anyways, wow. yeah, well, I'm looking forward to all these things. We've got a lot of fun things to do. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, that's going to be it for Superheroes. We've got a lot of interesting episodes coming up. Uh, we can't tell you about all of them just yet, but uh, we will be um, talking to you in the coming weeks. Uh, Mike's going to come back uh, in, in the next few weeks uh, to talk about nostalgia. We're not sure which episode number that will be, but that will be on the horizon. And Nick and I are going to hang around for the next few weeks and talk about some other stuff uh, that we can't talk about yet. But for the time being, this has been Ryan. And Nick. And Mike McCann. And you'll hear from us next week. Bye. 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 Bye.